always left on scene. Welcome to A Glorious Mess, Gen Z Unfiltered. Hi guys, it's Kritika here. And it's Simran. Welcome back to another episode of our podcast. We're really, really excited to have you all here. We hope that you've had a good Wednesday so far. Today, we're super excited to introduce a friend of ours from high school, Yubil Das. Say hi, Yubil. Hi. <laughs> so Yubil is quite the active one on um, social media, actually. She uses her platform quite a lot to voice out her opinions on important events, socio-political things that are going on around the world. And we did really want to have an episode on activism on social media because it is definitely, if not a trend, it's very prevalent. And, um, you know, using social media as a platform to advocate for very important causes is something that a lot of people do. And you build as a lot. So you build, do you want to yeah. just explain to us a little bit, like, what do you do what you know platforms you use etc thanks guys first off i told you guys this in person but thank you mm-hmm. so so much for having oh. me as a guest on this podcast You're welcome I thought i'd make it on the big stage <laughs> my god it's so okay. we'll, have you. we'll give you the platform you need sweetie we're Ooh. here for you <laughs> yeah this can thank be another you. platform now <laughs> nice um so when Kritika and Simran say that I'm pretty active on social media, they're mainly referring to my Instagram. I post, <laughs> I post a ton on Instagram, very large volumes of stuff. Um, recently, I've been posting a lot more of stuff for, you know, kind of leaning towards the socio-political things. Um, I do post memes as well. I'm not a fully serious. Nice. Same. <laughs> I have a sense of humor. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> also, I'm not like, you know, some textbook example of a social media activist. I think I'm a, like a lot of people when I say that I do tend to post things of the, you know, topics that are sociopolitical in nature on my story. Um, does that make me an activist? Let's find out, I guess. <laughs> but as of now, Maybe. not really. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I actually work. No, I mean, it's like you're, you're heading towards okay. that direction. But I think the, the main reason we did want to have you here is because um, as a Gen Zer, we know that you're, you're probably the one Gen Zer that both of us know that is far mm-hmm. more active on such issues than a lot of others are. And, especially us. Um, yeah, especially like within our community, um, the, the, the people that we know, essentially. And um, we, we also know that you really care about it. So uh, that's something that we will eventually talk mm-hmm. about. You know, some people do it because there's almost a hype. And, you know, some people do it because they feel like if they don't do it, people will think that they're not it's like supporting jump, a cause. Mm, jumping on you the know? bandwagon, you know. So th- that's where I th- exactly that's where I think the problem lies in a way is that you know when you're doing it genuinely compared to when you just want to do it for like the likes or for the follows or just to, as i said jump on the bandwagon the clout yes yeah <laughs> you're right Great word. exactly exactly we're searching for that word and um i think the three of us in that way as well are quite different so i'm mm. someone that barely ever actually uses my i'm i've actually reduced my you know, activity on social media in general, but I don't post too much about, um, you know, anything re- relating to activism. 
Uh, and that's not because I don't support it. It's just frankly, because I have a belief that if I were to do something, I should also have something to back it up with, like carry out, whether it be I actually donate to a place or actually work or volunteer mm-hmm. at a place. So that's, that's my belief. And um, Simran, what, what do you exactly do when it comes to activism? Well, me with my accounts, I hardly use social media and like actually posting about stuff as much, even if it's either in my main feed or if it's on my stories. Um, I'm more of the person that just browses on social media, kind of like likes a few pictures here and there. But mm-hmm. yes, there are a few topics that if they, you know, really hit close to heart or I really feel like th- this is something that really, really needs to be out there. I do post it on social media, but I have tried as much as I could Um like, you know, when uh, this entire BLM thing, it's still going on. But when it was um, about, when it was more hyped. Or Introduced. Was there, yeah. yeah, exactly. Everyone was more, a, a lot of people were just, you know, posting stuff like, oh, Black Lives Matter, this, this, this. And I, I, and I respect that. That should be there. But then I try to post about stuff that, you know, could get people to help, like, pages to, uh, sorry, posts that, you know, help you go and sign mm. petitions or posts that help you tell you where to donate. I try mm-hmm. to do that more. I've reduced it again quite, quite a bit now in a few, in the few weeks, because I feel like I don't know if I'm helping enough or not. And then I don't know if, you know, it may be taken as I'm jumping on the bandwagon or something. So I've just slowed that down because I need to kind of recuperate and just figure out how much I want to post, what I want to post again. So yeah, I'm not someone that's quite active, but in a few issues I have posted about it that mm-hmm. I really felt like, you know what, maybe my voice would help. What about you, Yubo? Like how, I, I know you guys, you post more than us in any way, but what is like, <laughs> yeah. when you do post in your stories, like what is your main What's going, what's yeah, your, what's yeah, going on in what's your, your thought process? Mm-hmm. So for me, when it comes to issues that fall under that sociopolitical category, Mm-hmm. I usually either post things that I've just learned about. So I think, mm-hmm. oh, maybe I could pass this on to the next person so that they learn about this topic as well. Or it's an issue that I already know quite a bit about. And it's just me like trying to gather people to understand the severity of this issue. Um, and the third category <laughs> is things that I didn't really, an opinion that I didn't really know how to vocalize or expressed mm-hmm. and this post just like summed it up perfectly for me and I was like that that's that's how I want mm-hmm. my message to get across I think that's kind of the main way how I filter out what stuff goes on to my story it's just is this informational has this mm-hmm. been informational to me and do I think it's going to be informational for the next person who sees this oh. um, yeah. and what kind of oh sorry what kind of responses do you get to your stories when you do get any like, you know, um, there's always that thing that we can always go and message you or whatever and forward the post or whatever. So what kind of messages do you get on those story posts? So it really depends on the issue that I'm posting about. Mm-hmm. For the Black Lives Matter, I think, I like you were saying, Simran, you reposted a lot of posts about, like, pages for petitions and, like, links to yeah. whatever. I posted a couple of those, and that was helpful for people. But I think the posts that uh, I got actual, like, dms about were like a political theory or like a a reason why this might be happening it's just something informational Mm -hmm. and stuff like that i got typically a a positive response because they were like oh i didn't know about this i didn't i didn't realize you could look at things this way but there are also issues where i do get quite a bit of negative reactions in particular yeah so 
I think a couple days ago, or actually not a couple of days ago, my time of concept of time is skewed. <laughs> All of us of, right now. What is time? Who cares? Um, but a while back, um, in my uni class, so I'm doing a major mm-hmm. in sociology, and we were looking at this module. It, uh, it was focused on the rise of um, religious fundamentalism, and it was focused on the rise of Hindu nationalism in India. So we were kind of uh, doing research about, you know, the effects of globalization and increasing civil conflicts, whatever, whatever. And that's an issue I'm pretty passionate about because I'm mm-hmm. a Christian minority in India. And yeah. from a very early age, we've always, I've always been exposed to the idea that, like, there are systems in place that are disproportionately affecting certain communities in India. And so we were asked to watch this documentary. And I posted some information about it on my story and I was quite riled up at the moment because it was quite Mm -hmm. an intense documentary Um, but basically I said something about um, the negative effects of Hindu nationalism Mm -hmm. and a couple of people texted me and were like why do you hate like being Indian why do you hate like Hindus and I was like yo (laughs) chill (laughs) for two seconds (laughs) And some people expressed their negative feelings towards my post in like a much more calm manner. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think I'm actually really happy for those moments because it helps me kind of exercise my own beliefs and Mm -hmm. it helps the next person, you know, understand the nitty gritty of some issues. Mm -hmm. For example, for example, um, uh, somebody might confuse religion with religious fundamentalism. So when Mm -hmm. I say I'm not, I hate Hindu nationalism or Hindu fundamentalism, I'm not saying I hate Hinduism. I'm saying I just hate how it's being weaponized to justify the mistreatment of other communities. And there were some people who who saw that and were like, oh, I never thought about it in that light because they're Mm -hmm. Hindus themselves and they never, you know, understood Mm -hmm. the ramifications of these instances on religious minorities. So in those situations, it's really helpful to have negative reactions to what you post because you're helping in the grander scheme of things right you're helping inside to mm-hmm, a conversation sure. which in turn moves to material change right it's, it's the starting mm-hmm. point conversations which further gets translated into okay let's see what we can do about this yeah so that it's very interesting that you bring that up um but you know to add on to the point of when you have when you have this platform like social media you get opinions from everyone from all sorts of backgrounds but don't you see that that also makes social media ironic in a way because you a have this platform where you can you know advocate for change but then because the platform is so big because there's no real you know security this checks or like misinformation checks a lot of people can you know either skew information or promote hate um and they think that that's activism so, you know, if like to your point of the entire um, religion versus religious fundamentalism, you know, there, there may be people thinking it's activism to say, I hate Hindus. But then there might be people like you who say that, well, no, it's actually the belief of, you know, the, the extreme nationalistic behavior that ends up hurting these other minorities. So what do you think about that? Do you, do you think that in that way, it's kind of like a, it's kind of a problem as well? I don't think that social media is the perfect platform for activism, 
But I think what you're describing there is just testament to truly how powerful social media can be. And, and it, it so easily can be weaponized. Um, I think with the issue of the skewing of information, I think that has its own benefits in a way as well, because it does start a conversation, like at what I was saying. If we're able to point out, no, this statistic is being used in the wrong context, for example, it's like, okay, let's have a conversation about this. And then it draws more attention to the issue at hand anyways. Um, but that just is reminding me of something we learned in uh, sociology. I'm using my university education. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, there's this anthropologist called Arjun Apadurai. I'm so sorry for mispronouncing that name. Um, but he, so when we learn about sociology, we, we have a lot of focus being put on how globalization is impacting the diffusion of information, right? Mm -hmm. And he came up with these certain scapes, these cultural flows, right, that is um, impacting how information is being transformed and how globalization is affecting culture in general. And two of the ones that he uh, named was called mediascapes and ideoscapes. Now, mediascapes are looking at the variety of media that shape how we understand the world, and ideoscapes look at the global flow of ideas and ideologies. Now, previously in certain civilizations, that was through, you know, the invention of paper or whatever, whatever. But social mm -hmm. media has, you know, quickened that process at like lightning speed. People are finding out about so many things. Mm -hmm. And I think um, regardless of all those problems that come with information being provided by social media it is aiding in that transfusion and that diffusion of global ideas and ideologies that just that is mm -hmm. that can be very useful and even if those that information is being misused it incites a conversation but i but i do see what you mean though it can be very harmful and it can it, it can have certain very dire consequences um but i mm -hmm. think as a as this generation gen z we have to learn how to you know, evaluate our sources a bit more and see where the information is coming from. And I think those instances um, where social media skews things, it's a really good opportunity for people to learn about how to evaluate where they're getting their information from. But, you know, just seeing social media as such a big space, as you, as you said, that there's so many kinds of people, there's so many different kinds of people. When we're posting about uh, any kind of issue there, don't you sometimes feel like there's this, there can be this kind of pressure or this kind of thing that you, where you have to jump on the bandwagon and maybe you're just doing it for that and you're just posting out there and you're just, and you're not actually following through with it or in anything just because that's what you have to do. I mean, I think the term for that is armchair activism, if I'm not wrong. Right, right. No, that, that is a huge issue with um, any sort of activism that takes place on social media. I think you like every like Kritika Sim, you can think of so many like challenges, like repost mm -hmm. this if you truly believe. And I think that just so quickly reduces the severity of an issue into just this like yeah. menial like trend, right? When people's mm -hmm. lives are at risk. And with the Black Lives Matter, there was first a thing of post a black square if you truly believe, mm -hmm. or, like yeah. tag this many people. And there were so many instances. I honestly in the chain post thing i did participate mm -hmm. in it because i was like oh, why not like this is this yeah. will take two minutes but i oh, did i did it. too yeah yeah and i didn't do it you know to show like to tell people like i i support the movement mm -hmm. but it was just like a two-minute thing 
And I completely understand people who didn't want to do it. Like I have so many friends who were tagged to do the challenge challenge and they didn't want to and immediately felt so much guilt from it, which is like you shouldn't you shouldn't feel guilt for doing something that's just performative. And that's leading mm-hmm. on to your thing, uh, armchair activism, right? I think it's also known as performative where it's just for show, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's so destructive, right? Because you're just reducing this important, like, severe thing just so you can tell people in your immediate community that you believe in something. Where, honestly, the people who do end up doing those challenges probably don't know much about the movement itself, right? I completely and I, agree. Yeah, and I think um, if you are going to post something about an issue let it be informative or maybe it can help people. But if you're doing it just for the reason of people seeing that you're posting it, then yeah. your intentions are obviously skewed. And do you guys think like both of you do you think that when people do that, when they're just jumping on the bandwagon or they're just doing it because I don't know, it's trendy, it's hip, it's cool. Do you think it's actually taking away from the movement? Is it kind of taking two steps back and, you know, kind of, stopping like deviating from, from the actual exactly cause. or is it or or that or is it okay like it's okay if you're doing it as long i think like, you know even you though know, you're so doing it mm-hmm. so to 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 your point of like is it deviating away from the movement sometimes i i do feel and this is why actually one of the reasons why i don't use social media as my channel to you know promote social causes because i feel like it's very quickly it's very easy to be perceived as someone who's just doing it for the sake of doing it because changing your profile picture to like black lives matter or, you know, just posting a black square, as you said, you built, it's not that difficult. And, you know, contribution to these kinds of things need to be deeper than just a click. Um, I a hundred percent agree. I actually, I do want to talk about this one instance. It was just Mm -hmm. when the George, the George, yeah, George Floyd, when his murder took place, and that mm-hmm. kind of mushroomed that whole Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter movement yeah. online. It was during that time, and I won't say who, but I had this conversation with somebody, and they felt so, they were just feeling really helpless. Like, I feel so helpless. I don't know if I should post something. Like, I, I mean, I am signing petitions and things, but how much is that really doing? And they were just in this kind of panic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they wrote this whole thing to me, and they were like, okay, can you help me write up this thing that I can post onto my story? And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, sure. Do, do, let, let's write this thing down. He wrote it. And when he posted it, he also um, joined in with that reposting chain thing. And he was like, mm-hmm. this is useless. And he took it down. And then he went on to take down that really well-written thing that he put on his story about mm-hmm. um, his views on the movement. And, like, mm-hmm. with one second of him posting it, he deleted it. And I was like, why'd you delete it, dude? It was so, it was so well-written. And they were like, because this is doing nothing. And, like, that, I think that's just testament to the pressure that is put on people to seem like they're politically woke, you know? I yeah. think a huge thing that characterizes this generation is being woke and being politically active. And... Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody should be forced to make those kind of statements or to appear genuine. Like that is all that that's your own personal choices. Right. But I do mm-hmm. think yep. that 
even if not many people are going to see your story, if you're able to at least help one person better understand an issue from your perspective, that's so, so, so helpful. Even like, Mm -hmm. and I think that's a good thing about social media as a platform for this as well. It's a good platform for people who may not be able to help towards material change. For example, we live in a country where we can't really say things against the government right? Mm-hmm. Or there might be some people who just genuinely can't afford to donate money to something. I think yep. social media is a very good platform for those unable people to speak out about something in a very subtle yet effective manner. Mm-hmm. And that's true. You know, just to add on to that, yes, there's a lot of times that we can't say some stuff or whether it's censored or, you know, as you said, people who don't have the resources to make real change. It's good for them, but I thought, well, I was just thinking about this, even for people who maybe do have those resources, as you know, Kritika, uh, I think you said earlier that it's so easy to just click on something. It, I just feel like psychologically, if you think about it, it just makes the person, even, even with one click, they kind of feel better. They're like, you know what? I'm actually maybe doing something. I'm part of the change. And you know what? Maybe this click is just better. So sometimes, as you said, sometimes it's a lot of it when it's, you know, you're getting pressurized, but sometimes if you just think of it as a personal level, it may just be self-satisfaction for you. It's almost like like the instant, mm -hmm. it's like the instant. So, you know, social media is a hub for instant gratification. I mean, you get that from all the likes and the comments, but even, even this, like in doing this, people feel that instant gratification when you should not be deriving that kind of stuff from these things. These are, you know, actual issues. It shouldn't be to fuel your own self-esteem. And that's where, then that, that's why it's my personal belief. And this is what I do. Um, it's like, I don't use social media as my platform. I use other ways and I do other things. Um, and like, say even this podcast, it's like my way or our way of being mm-hmm. able to, like pass on any information or anything like that. And I feel like if someone did use social media, then they should use it constructively. Like, you know, you, you bill, honestly, because oh, we, there, <laughs> there are far too many Gen Zers that do it for the trends that do it for, mm-hmm. you know, just being part of it and almost giving themselves credit where it's not due. Um, and uh, j- just like a quick fun fact <laughs> to everyone listening, but um, and you will, you may know this, I don't know if you do, but um, a while back, so basically this professor of leadership at George Washington University um, said this, um, and he had an interview with pres- former President Barack Obama, and Obama, what, what he said was, President Obama didn't quite say it in this way, but people who rely exclusively on social media to advocate causes are just plain lazy and self-righteous. So what do you think about that? I mean, you've spoken a lot about how social media is a great platform, but do you think that using social media exclusively is a good thing? I mean, for people that don't have the resources, I get it. But for people who do have the resources and in your own experience, do you think that social relying on it exclusively is enough? I, I do see the problem in just using this one platform because at the end of the day, you're posting these information on these issues in order to possibly invoke material change, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're not doing that, then what was the point even at all of posting it, yeah. right? For me, um, it might be harder for, for certain issues to like, you know, 
um, invoke material change, but I feel a gratification from having, you know, difficult conversations with people. And although that, that might not be material, um, I think it is a good stepping stone. And I think, um, like the both of you were saying before, um, people feel a sense of gratification when doing like a small thing. That definitely is such a huge part of it, but also um, the tiniest step, the tiniest of steps should be given, you know, acknowledgement, like you did something, but if you aren't mm -hmm. going to build on that, then like there's a problem there. Speaking about materialistic change, you will, we actually want to know, is there anything that materialistically that you've done? Um, so this wasn't largely due to social media, but um, back in lower high school, I think grade 10, yeah, grade 10, we, we all had to do um, this personal project thing. And long story short, me, my dad, and a couple of my other relatives, we opened a school in India called New Hope School. That is insane. <laughs> I remember this so Wait, well. Oh my I god, I well. yeah, yeah, no, no, I remember you were doing you were doing something in the school. I thought you were volunteering, but you guys opened oh. the school. Um, <laughs> no, so uh, without going too much into detail about it, but as part of the research element of like before we actually got the project like laid down and stuff. Um, we were visiting this uh, girls orphanage called The Shelter, which my grandfather mm -hmm. has been, you know, working with for quite some time. And so that gave some insight into the kind of background in which these kids were coming from and how this lack of education is such a huge problem in India. And then we ended up deciding to build a school. It's not a school in the conventional sense because mm -hmm. these mm -hmm. kids have lessons in the evening because they go work during the day and stuff. Um, and it's, it's not really like a proper building. It's like more of a room. <laughs> so it's, it's okay. quite small. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of, it's been lots of fun, um, you know, kind of being involved with that. Obviously things have been put on a hold now because of COVID and um, that whole situation, fun times. <laughs> um, but yeah, speaking of material change though, social media has been super impactful in, invoking material change with the outrage and you know the the demands that were created by all of these people on social media because of george floyd's murder which kind of mm -hmm. you know, catalyzed the whole blm movement his murderers yeah. did end up getting charged with murder and it's it's moments like that where you kind of realize just how powerful social media is as a tool and how yeah. influential the younger generation is in you know, creating change, especially since we're going to live in this world in the future and might as well kind of re, you know, reverse the effects of all of the corrupt systems that have been in place for so long. And it's not mm -hmm. up for us to kind of, you know, live out the consequences of that. It's up to us to change and um, make sure that change is being made so that people aren't being victims at the hands of corrupt systems. Yeah, so, I mean, to your point of social media can really uh, ignite change, another, another great example is the Me Too movement that um, helped a lot of victims kind of have this platform to speak out about their terrifying, horrifying experiences. 
Um, and, uh, you know, there, there were a lot of high profile men that were then charged after that for their wrongdoings um, and such. So I completely agree with, the, I do agree with the fact that, you know, um, social media can really instigate change because BLM is a great, George Floyd's um, murder is a great, uh, you know, example of that. And Me Too as well as a movement has been quite successful. Mm-hmm. Um, No, I was just thinking, like, issues of struggle, oppression, repression, those are all, you know, transcending issues and all universal Mm -hmm. issues. So, and that's trend, like, it's universal anyways. And so to have a platform that further removes those, like, borders and those national borders and to have people come together and vocalize their opinions, that that's such an impressive thing to see. And just Mm -hmm. how barriers don't even mean anything anymore because of social media and anybody can express their opinions on something especially for the me too movement that's that's really really impressive yeah just adding on to that it's this you know as you were saying it's this community that's been created especially Mm. you know as you said for the me too movement it's you know, for those victims, it was actually a really big thing. Maybe, you know, if, if, if an outsider would just look at it, you're like, what's the big deal? Or, you know, yeah, okay, good change has been there, but what else comes out from it? I think the fact that those women and even other men, but mostly women, could actually just relate on a personal, personal level and just connect, that is a big thing, you know, because as we said, humans are social animals, right? So just for their own... Per- you know, for their own attitudes or beliefs, for their personalities, whatever. It was such a good thing to just have that community where someone just says, I get you. But, you know, guys, saying, looking at all of these successful campaigns or looking at all of these things that actually did invoke, that did invoke change, you know, because of social media, really makes you think about a lot of the campaigns or issue that, issues that just you know, came for a second, went viral, and then no change happened. Mm. And I think one of the mm-hmm. biggest campaigns out there that, you know, went viral for like a few months and then died down and no change was invoked was the ALS Bucket Challenge. I don't know if you guys remember. The Ice Bucket Challenge. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Ice Bucket mm. Challenge. And yeah. I just feel like even at that time, it was, it didn't, you know, really do something for that. It did maybe in that span of time garner quite a few of funds. But after those eight months, what happened? It would just it just fizzled out. And, you know, it was like many people didn't even mention to donate, you know, in their videos or on their pages. They just did it because it was a it trend. It was just a trend. And exactly. And I hated the fact that they were actually wasting water. Like there was, but like, that was you know, an entire tackling... controversy, though. Like exactly, like you know, you are wasting water to have fun, and like, and another thing is, not many people even were educated on what ALS was. Mm-hmm. Not many people even exactly. knew that they were doing it for like a medical condition. They just thought that there was something to do. <laughs> I so, that's you know. so true. Actually, yeah. like this morning, I was on the phone with somebody, and we were just talking about the ALS thing, and she was like, mm-hmm. "Oh wait, ALS was a, like it was a medical condition." And I was like. Oh, yeah, why Why do you think they, like, what, what did you think it was? And she that was like, oh my god, I just thought it was celebrities pouring ice on themselves, and I found it funny. Mm. I did it too, and I was like, what did you do? <laughs> you just put ice on yourself for no reason. Oh my um, god. So I think that's see, really see, that's, testament. Mm-hmm. Mm. That just shows how ignorant we all can be, and I'm not saying that it was her fault or anything, but it became more of a trend than, like, something that was raising awareness or raising funds. By the <laughs> yes. way, for 
you guys to know and everyone who's listening it's als means a- amyotrophic lat- lateral sclerosis go google Ooh, um so, yes. big words i knew that i knew that from the back of my mind honestly it was just there. Science, it's like, you know, exactly <laughs> no i had to google it anyway yeah but you see that's the thing i really felt bad for it because there are people who are actually affected by the disease and you know they maybe really need the money and all but it's not it, it became a big movement and went viral people from all over the world were doing it but they didn't understand what it was and you know uh, i was just reading about it and apparently it was it, you know it was launched in 2014 but they tried to relaunch it again in 2015 but you know the, the success was not re- replicated as we all know and it only raised 0.9% of the 2014's campaign earnings so actually people exactly the fact that people just like if, if earnings were even earned in like 2014 exactly. they just did it because it was a trend and then 2015 everyone got bored of it yeah. and people actually forgot that it was a medical condition it's not it's not something that goes away in 8 months like a challenge <laughs> exactly it, it's, it's it's there and the campaign was hence very short lived mm-hmm. yeah so for sure th- yeah mm-hmm. so you know when i think about stuff like this then then i start to question a bit of the fact that it was like wait are we really making change but then again when we hear about blm and then when we when we hear about everything you uh, said me too that, yeah exactly true. then i was like you know what there's hope but obviously we still have to do so much more so that these issues are in a way even being close to eradicated i think essentially speaking there's no perfect way to advocate for something mm-hmm. there's never going to be a perfect way to advocate for something and if you are using social media as a platform to voice these issues every step counts every little step matters and um i was just reading before like actual black people who were adv- advocating for the black lives matter movement they were so appreciative of you know the millions of people from across the globe who you mm-hmm. know aren't maybe may not be directly affected by this issue were showing support mm-hmm. and just the idea of showing support can be so beneficial but and and you know those steps do work towards material change um but we still do like how the both of you were saying we still do need to identify the flaws in this platform and how destructive it can be yeah you've actually really given us a lot to think about that was very interesting all your points very informational and i've learned a lot myself about Thank just you. activism activism on social media it's really interesting to know the kinds of things that you do Yeah and with that you will firstly thank you so much for coming on our podcast you are officially our very first guest. Hey. So, oh my god. Yeah, but before we leave we want to ask you any final thoughts anything you want to leave with us uh, with our listeners that you really think that they should know and they should understand. Um I think what's really important is just understanding that social media is not the perfect place to vocalize your opinions and if you are going to share something onto your story try and make it as informal as possible um try and make sure that you've learned something yourself and you're trying to help other people learn about it and if you are going to provide information let let it lead to material change as much as possible you have to let yourself explore you know your values and what are the issues that you're passionate about yeah yeah so like including thoughts <laughs> thank you both <laughs> no but for... preach <laughs> no but yeah, thank so... thank you you both like it, it's really been great having you on um for this episode
So to all our listeners, um, you should be updated on the things that you both posting about. It's really, really educational. So be sure to check out her Instagram at youbuildas. And of course, follow us as well on Instagram at AGM underscore unfiltered and on Twitter at Glorious Jen. We really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed um, recording it. Stay tuned for the next one on next Wednesday. And as always, this is Simran. And this is Kritika signing off. Keep listening to A Glorious Mess. Gen Z Unfiltered.